Well, good morning. Welcome to Kennesaw Family Life Church. We are excited that you're here today. We are kicking off a brand new series uh, called One Family. We're studying the book of Ephesians. If you've not been with us before, if you're new, one of the things we do, we do expository preaching, which basically is a big long word to say that we just take books of the Bible as the Holy Spirit leads us and we study through them. That way we can't hide from difficult scriptures and we can see the whole counsel of what God's giving us. And, and we do it through a filter, just like anytime you can read through scripture multiple times and based on where you're at in your life and what's going on, God will show you different things in those different moments. We have spent this past 36 weeks, since the beginning of the year, going through the book of John in a series called Reflecting the Light. We have been trying to figure out what it means to be disciples of Christ that make other disciples. That's what Jesus called us to do. Well, part of that is, is we have to understand who we are in Him and how we live together as one family. We're the body of Christ, not just Kennesaw Family Life Church, but all of the churches that follow Him. There are some churches that don't, unfortunately, that, that kind of exclude other churches and think they're the only ones that, that have it. But really, if we are Christ followers, no matter what denomination we go to, no matter what church we go to, we're a part of that same family. And so we're going to learn how to live that way. So with this, I want to jump right in and we're going to read the first 14 verses of Ephesians. So I want you to catch that. There will be a greeting. All of the letters from Paul start out with a greeting. So there will be a little bit of a greeting. Then we're going to jump into the topic of what we want to talk about today. So turn with me to Ephesians chapter 1, verses 1 through 14. And I read out of the New Living Translation. If you have another translation, that's fine. Um, just understand that this may be a little bit different. So let's read together out of Ephesians 1, 1 through 14. This letter is from Paul, chosen by the will of God to be an apostle of Christ Jesus. I am writing to God's holy people in Ephesus. Remember I said some versions don't have Ephesus, just to God's holy people, who are faithful followers of Christ Jesus. May God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ give you grace and peace. All praise to God the Father, our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly realms because we are united with Christ. Even before he made the world, God loved us. He chose us in Christ to be holy and without fault in his eyes. God decided in advance to adopt us into his own family by giving us to himself through Jesus Christ. This is what he wanted to do, and it gave him great pleasure. So we praise God for the glorious grace he has poured out on us who belong to his dear son. He is so rich in kindness and grace that he purchased our freedom with the blood of his son and forgave our sins. He showered his kindness on us, along with all wisdom and understanding. God has now revealed to us his mysterious will regarding Christ, which is to fulfill his own good plan. And this is the plan. At the right time, he will bring everything together under the authority of Christ, everything in heaven and on earth. Furthermore, because we are united with Christ, we have received an inheritance from God. For he chose us in advance. He makes everything work out according to his plan. God's purpose was that we Jews who were first to trust in Christ would bring praise and glory to God. And now you Gentiles have also heard the truth 
the good news that God saves you. And when you believed in Christ, he identified you as his own by giving you the Holy Spirit whom he promised long ago. The Spirit is God's guarantee that he will give us the inheritance he promised and that he has purchased us to be his own people. He did this so we would praise and glorify him. Now, there's a couple things I want you to see in this. And the first one is this, the word adopted. We've been adopted or chosen by God. Have you ever thought about that? Have you ever thought about what it would be like to feel alone and abandoned? Or have you ever been the last one to be picked for a soccer game or for a game of kickball or tag or something? There's, nobody likes to feel like they're alone, have been left behind or are not chosen. But the beauty of this is that God chose us. Paul reminds us that we are chosen that he chose us before we were ever born. Look at verses four and five again. It says, even before he made the world, God loved us and chose us in Christ to be holy and without fault in his eyes. God decided in advance to adopt us into his own family by bringing us to himself through Christ Jesus. This is what he wanted to do. And listen, and it gave him great pleasure. That's it. We have been chosen by God. Before we were ever born, we were chosen by Him. Now, I know some people get hung up on the idea of predestination. There's a word in the Greek, and I can't say it. It, it starts with a P. But that word simply means to be chosen. To be chosen. And, and so we have been chosen by God. And it's, it's not that this person is chosen and this person is not chosen. He chose all of us. Remember in John 3.16, he said, For God so loved the world that he gave his only son so that whoever, whoever believes in him, that means all people, that was God's plan. He chose us to adopt, to adopt us into his family. Through Jesus on the cross, by what Jesus did on the cross, he chose us. He went through all of that so that we could be adopted into his family. He went through all the pain, the suffering, all of that, so that we could be chosen, so that we could come into his family. That's why I titled this series, One Family. We are one family. Do you notice that when Paul said, first it was the Jews, because Paul was a Jew, he was a Pharisee, actually. He was an apostle. Well, before he became an apostle, he was a Pharisee that hated Christianity. He fought against it. He put people in prison who were following Jesus. Then he had this experience with Jesus on the road to Damascus. You can read about it in the book of Acts. And then he flipped completely around and became the greatest champion for believers. And he taught us and gave us most of the New Testament. God chose him and ordained him to do that long ago. And so we understand this idea. And Paul's telling us that we're one family. It didn't matter Jew or Gentile, different race. It didn't matter race, didn't matter economic. None of that matters. We're one family. All of those barriers and walls have been broken. Nobody is superior over another when it comes to being in the family of God. We were chosen by God. Now look at this. This word adopt here is really important because when someone is adopted, they get all the rights and privileges of being a part of that family. Some of you know that I worked in foster care for years. 
probably about six, seven years, um, even have a degree, a, a master's degree in child protection, juvenile justice from when I was going through that. And during that process, I had a lot of families that I worked with and helped them foster children in their home, children that, that weren't theirs but needed a place to go. And I worked with them, and part of the privilege that I had with that was helping families adopt children. I think it was something like 19 adoptions that I did. Some families are not able to go back to their biological parents for various reasons. And so they need to have a permanent home. And so when they get adopted, they come into that family and they become a part of that family. When they stand before that judge and, and the parents choose that child and choose to bring them in and bring them in as a part of their family. That is a beautiful, beautiful thing because now that child has all the rights and privileges as if they were biologically born there. Now those kids that I helped that were just fostered, sometimes they had a real struggle because, man, in foster care back when I started, it was not unusual for a child in foster care to move from home to home to home as much as seven, eight times a year. Man, could you imagine feeling that way? Feeling like you have no home, no place of permanency, that if a foster parent got upset with you, they could just send you on. There was no sense of permanency. But here's what I want you to understand. By God using the term adopt, he's adopting us into his family. That's a huge deal. We have been chosen by God to be his children. We're his blessed creation. He created us to be in relationship with him and sin separated us from that. Because of sin, because of the sin of Adam and Eve, we were thrown out of the garden and then from there it just kind of snowballed to a point where we weren't in relationship with God at all because of our sin. Then Jesus comes and dies on the cross and sacrifices himself for us so that we could be adopted into God's family. We have the inheritance, the blessing. So I want to look at this for a minute. So I want to take a second and talk about how we're adopted. I think you understand. I've kind of hinted to it. Adoption always comes at a price. And it always comes at a price to the ones adopting. But it's given free to the one that's adopted. Do you catch that? I mean, that's the same way it works in our lives today. Going, Paul used the term adopt because it's the same thing in the Greco-Roman time period. People were adopted, given legal rights to be a part of a family. But it always cost the one that's adopting something. If you look at verse 7 real quick, here's what it says in verse 7. He is so rich in kindness and grace that he purchased our freedom with the blood of his son and forgave our sins. Did you catch that? He purchased our freedom with the blood of Jesus. Purchased. It cost Jesus everything. We just spent that time going through John and, and just in the last couple weeks, we looked at the crucifixion. We looked at how Jesus responded to all of those things, even to the point where he was in the garden. He's praying with such anguish because of what he knew was going to happen. He was beaten. He was, his friends abandoned him. He had nails driven through his wrist and through his feet, and he was hung on a cross. 
He was humiliated, ridiculed, crown of thorns, the whole deal. But you know what was worse? Is when he was at that moment on the cross when all of the sins from the beginning of time to the end of time were put on him. If you remember his words, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Because at that moment, all of the sin of humanity was brought on him. But it was paid for by his blood, freely given. The only sinful man to ever live, the Son of God, fully God, fully man, died, paid the price so that you and I can have a relationship with him, so that you and I can be brought into his family. Now, the flip side of this, it's free. The only deal, the only catch to this is that we choose him. We don't have to be good enough. We don't have to work hard enough. We don't have to do any of those things. We simply have to choose him, to believe in him. Look at verses 12 and 13 again. It said in verse 12, God's purpose was that we Jews who were the first to trust in Christ would bring praise and glory to God. And now you Gentiles have also heard the truth, the good news that God saves you. And when you believed in Christ, he identified you as his own by giving you the Holy Spirit whom he promised long ago. Did you catch that? When you believed in Christ. That's the key. That's the, that's, the, that's the difficult part and the simple part all at the same time. Because that means when we put our belief in Him, we're putting our trust in Him. We're trusting Jesus with our lives. We're giving everything we have to Him. It's a free gift. Cost Him everything. But it was free to us. So I want to shift gears again. That talks about how we were adopted. We were adopted by the sacrifice that Jesus gave. And then... On our end, we just have to believe in Him. We have to put our trust in Him. That brings us to the final thing, the benefits of adoption. This is what's really awesome about this is, well, I mean, all of it is awesome. One thing that God chose us. Second thing is the price He paid for us. Now, here's what we get out of this. This is amazing. Here's what we get out of this. If you look at verse 11, It says, furthermore, because we are united with Christ, we have received an inheritance from God for he chose us in advance and he makes everything work out according to his plan. Now, listen, we received an inheritance from God. That's pretty amazing. Now I want to look at verse three real quick. Verse three says this, all praise to God, the father, our Lord Jesus Christ. He has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly realms because we are united with with Christ. Man, we are we have an inheritance with him. All the spiritual blessings of heaven have been given to us because of our belief in Christ because we've been united with him. Now this I'm a, I'll be honest if you're if you're watching this, if you're listening to this and you're not a believer, this is what you're missing out on. This is the promise of God. That when we enter into relationship with Him, these blessings are poured out on us. Now, I know some of you are, are struggling with that, struggling to trust God. You've seen Christians not live a life that follows Him, and that kind of turns you off. I want to tell you that your relationship with God has nothing to do with what anybody else does. They're going to be accountable to God for that. 
But when you put your trust in him, not in what other people do, not in religion, but in relationship with Jesus, you're an, you have the inheritance of eternity. You have the inheritance of God. He did not save us so we could become slaves throughout eternity. That's what a lot of people believe, that, that he saved us just so we could be his slaves. He didn't, but to give us an inheritance of eternal life throughout heaven. An inheritance. Just like I talked about being adopted into a family. If I were to adopt a child into my family, when I died, when the inheritance was given out, if I have anything left, my poor kids, I hope that I have something left for them. But everything that I have, if I adopted them into my family, they would be just as one of my children and that would be divided up to them. They would get that inheritance. They would share in that inheritance with my biological children. It's pretty amazing, right? This is hard for us to understand, but that term adoption, it's an illegal term. It means everything. The inheritance is freely given by God. He is giving it to us. He confirms this adoption by giving us the Holy Spirit. If you remember back in 13 and 14, it says He gives us, He identifies us by giving us the Holy Spirit. We're His. We're marked by Him. That gift of the Holy Spirit is that mark. It's that guarantee. Romans also talks about this. Now, I want you to hear this in Romans 8, 16 and 17. Romans 8, 16 says, For His Spirit joins with our spirit, listen, to affirm that we are God's children. And since we are His children, we are His heirs. In fact, together with Christ, we are heirs of God's glory. But if we are to share in His glory, we also must share in His suffering. That part we don't like to read, but it's there. We are co-heirs with Christ. Do you understand that? We, we share in all of this. Now, that means, he said, we'll share in his suffering. That means that in this life, we're going to suffer. We may even be persecuted for following him. There's going to be difficulties. It doesn't mean everything's all sunshine and roses while we live. But we are co-heirs with him throughout eternity. That's amazing. I hope you understand the gravity. I hope you appreciate this. I hope this makes you want to sing and worship God. This free gift that's been given to us. We are co-heirs with Christ. So here's the thing. Here's the bottom line. The choice is yours. What are you going to do with this? Because as freely as this gift is given, God does not force it on anyone. If you don't choose to follow Christ, if you don't choose to follow His inheritance, to, to take part in this, you can go on your own way. God's not going to force this on you. But He is the one true God that leads to eternity. Unfortunately, for those that, that push away what God gives freely, is an eternal separation from Him. Hell. We don't like to talk about it. We don't like to think about it. That's why Jesus came, because we could not be in the presence of God without that gift. But it's freely given. It could be yours today. If you don't have a relationship with Him, choose Him today. If you have questions, click that prayer button. 
and we you can talk to one of our hosts and we can kind of walk you through it. We can answer those questions as best we can. We don't have all the answers. If you're struggling with this, ask questions. Please ask questions. And allow the Holy Spirit to work in your life. The choice is yours. For those of us that have already chosen, praise God, He's done everything that's there. Now our job is what we've learned for this entire year is to reflect Him, to show His light to everybody that's around us because His desire is for all of creation to accept this free gift. Every person that's been born, it's for them to accept this free gift. So share it well. Share it by the way you live. Remember, we are disciples that are discipling the world around us by the way we live, the way we act, the things that we do. Pray for those that are around you. Pray for those that are struggling. And right now, for those of you that don't have that relationship, it's this simple. Pray to Him right now and ask Him to give you the strength. Ask Him to forgive you of your sins. And then move towards Him. He will be faithful to meet your needs. He will be faithful to fill you with His Spirit. He'll be faithful to guide you through this life. He doesn't leave you alone. Because remember, when we come to Christ, we're all a part of the same family. One family. It doesn't matter where we live. It doesn't matter who we are. It doesn't matter how much money we have in the bank or how little money we have in the bank, what the color of our skin is. Any of that is irrelevant in relationship to our relationship to Christ. We're one family. We're one people. We care for one another. So I want to take a minute and pray for you today. And again, if this is something you're struggling with, if you have questions, please click that prayer button. Allow our hosts to pray with you. Let's pray together right now. Father, we come before you. And Lord, we praise you. We praise you for this free gift given by Jesus. We can't understand it. We can't comprehend it. We just have to trust it. Lord, thank you for adopting us into your family today. Help us to live worthy of that adoption. Help us to live worthy of what you've done for us. Lord, I pray that you would cleanse us from the inside out. Help us to get rid of the sin that's in our lives, that sinful nature, the struggle that we have. Help us to live for you every day. And Lord, I pray that we would be a good reflection of you to the world around us. Lord, draw others into you. Let your Holy Spirit work on those that are watching right now. And we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you so much for worshiping with us today. Again, please click that prayer button if you have questions, if you need us to pray with you. Make sure we have your information so we can follow up and kind of talk to you and, and find out what's going on. We love you and we thank you and we'll see you again next time.